Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Umami Bomb by Raquel Pelzel. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Can't complain. Yeah. I had a rough week. Yes, it was a busy week. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Welcome to episode 10. 10 already. Woohoo. Yeah. Of uh, Tasty Pages, the podcast from Cooking the Books. We'll get a few housekeeping things out of the way. We'll make it quick per usual. Um, if you go to anchor.fm slash Tasty Pages, you'll see that support button on there. And you can think of it as a virtual tip jar. And if you care to, you can uh, throw us a few pennies, help support what we do, and shows your appreciation. If you can't, that's cool too. Um we also have a store tab on our website at wecookbooks.com that directs you to our Amazon.com affiliate page, and you'll find a few things there, kitchen essentials for home cooks, as well as our top cookbook picks. And if you make purchases from any of those links, um, it doesn't cost you a penny more, but we get a few pennies kicked in, so you get something cool. We get a few pennies, literal pennies. Very and, few. And uh, it's a way to uh, show your support for us. And uh, we definitely appreciate it. So thank you. Um, why don't we dive in and talk about what we just finished? Um, we just got through a book called Son of a Southern Chef by Lazarus Lynch. Um, I can't wait to share that one. Yeah, it's, it was a fun book. And, that was a book. And it, it was a book. <laughs> um, and then we did a little campaign thing for this company called Endspice. Yep. And, um, and you'll see that on our feed if you follow us on Instagram. Balmer, why don't you tell everyone what we've got coming up? I certainly will. Please um, do. We have been receiving a slew of brand new release cookbooks. You should see this pile. It's oh, awesome. It's ridiculous. Uh, fall, in case you don't know, is the... Uh, most popular time, I guess you could say, for like cookbook releases, you know, in preparation for like the upcoming holiday season. But I think in particular this year, because so many people are stuck at home and kind of leaning into the home cooking and home baking, home baking in particular, man. Bread baking. That's a thing. If we're going to get really specific. Yeah. Um, so there are a ton of those kind of books out, and you'll be seeing many of them in our feed. It's really good timing, too, because I felt um, there is never, we have not really had a want for cookbooks that we wanted to do, but I kind of felt like it was coming to that, where we were we, just getting to that point. Yeah, like we were starting to kind of go through a list that we keep of things that we eventually want to check out, and we're, we were actually able to like dive into a few of those and like, hey, let's let's check out these. Yeah, because we still check out stuff from the library, and uh, if it's great, we'll, we'll get it, um, mm -hmm. but it's a, uh, we've kind of learned, we've kind of learn through this just to check it out before you buy it. Yep. Because sometimes they're a little bit disappointing. Or, Always a good rule of thumb. Or you just realize that it's not something that you're going to use a lot. Yep. Um, and there's been instances where we've received books that we've been really excited about, and then once we actually dove into them and made some dishes, or even just paged through them, 
And we're like, yeah, not our jam. And there's been other ones that surprised us. That we fall in love with. And I would say this Unami bomb, Unami, I keep saying that. <laughs> well, it's because we were joking about it. I know, it, so and it now just I can't kinda, stop saying it. It became a brain worm. Edamami bomb. I'll just keep making up my own <laughs> words. Okay. Uh, this was one that I think falls into that category. Mm-hmm. Like we just checked it out out of curiosity and boom, we ended up uh, featuring it. Uh, hey, most importantly. What's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> You want to share? Yeah. Um, so uh, tonight um, we have a well, we have a pretty busy week going on. Um, we're doing a private dinner for someone that we're really excited about. Um, so we're busy with planning for that and whatnot. So tonight we are just doing a pantry meal. We're doing a like sweet potato hash type affair. Um, with some eggs and baked in there, so ground beef, ground beef, yep. sweet potatoes. It's gonna be good. I'm getting hungry already. I know. Nom nom. All right. Well, let's dive into this book, uh, Umami Bomb, by Raquel Pelzel. Um, for those unfamiliar, um, and maybe you'll be better able to explain this, the concept of umami. Um. Yeah. There's. Uh. You have. Um. Different tastes. There's sweet, sour salty and bitter mm-hmm. and there's another one that's the fifth and it's called umami um basically it's um it's the earthy flavor i like to call it earthy salty caramely um a lot of it comes from meat but there are definitely other ways that you can get it without meat and that's stuff like aged cheese soy sauce yep. fish um, like the really oily fish and stuff. I mean, most commonly when you think of it in terms of like meat-based dishes, you're talking things like bacon, chicken fat, mm-hmm. anchovies. And so this clever book kind of reimagined how could you replicate similar flavors but in a vegetarian format. And so that's how these chapters are divided up as well. So then it's things like, uh, like you said, like aged cheese. Um, Soy sauce, tomatoes, yep. which seems like a really weird, you know, you're like, wait, tomatoes are really acidic. But when you take them and roast them, yep. it just brings out this sweet carameliness, which is something that, like not akin to, or not, not akin to soy sauce. Yeah. Like that nice, deep, salty kind of caramel I mean, I won't speak for you, but there's people much smarter than myself that could explain this in scientific terms. But we're not a scientist. <laughs> but uh, it's it's that little something extra that uh, you think of with, with tasting food. And um, so this is our experience with it. Do you want to start with the first dish? Yes. All right. The first thing we made was green beans charred radicchio salad with a literal heap of Parmesan. Yep. Um, so I know we've talked about this before, but if you grill um, greens, like bitter greens, or even lettuces, yep, it can, it changes the way they taste, um, especially for like bitter greens. It kind of mellows out that that bitterness, and you get just a nice, lovely char. And I would say, I would go even further and say that really the only way to enjoy radicchio is to grill it or 
hit it under the broiler or something because uh, by itself, raw, not really my favorite. I agree with you. Some people love it, but yeah. you know, I I do like I can't eat frisée in a salad. Yeah. I get yeah, bummed yeah, yeah, out yeah. when a salad comes and it's got frisée. But um, but yeah, I definitely thought that the grilling it made it more palatable. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me really happy that you just blanched the uh, green beans because yep. they stay beautiful and green. Um, we learned that lesson just a few nights ago with a dish that we made, and we did not blanch the green beans because the recipe didn't call for it. But it they, wasn't green beans; it was uh, asparagus. Asparagus, same kind of same concept, though. And, I, and yeah. I was such a dummy; I don't know why I didn't be like, "Okay, this is gonna go olive green for the photo," yep. and I should just been like, "Oh, you know," because sometimes we modify the way things are done a little bit to get a beautiful photo. Hey, you eat with your eyes first, right? No apologies. Um, and it's something to consider if you're serving guests and you want the dish to look as beautiful as it tastes. Um, so, uh, we were pleased to see that the green beans get a quick blanch and then it was just a real simple vinaigrette that we whipped up that gets drizzled over the top. Yep. You, well, you coat the green beans and then you drizzle it over the top and then you put a bunch of Parmesan on there and, <laughs> and voila. And if you see the photo in the book, it is That's like, basically it, it. Yeah. It, it, it's not kidding when it says lots of parm. So yeah, this wasn't a complicated thing at all. Nor are any of these dishes no. really. Um, but it was delicious, and we enjoyed it. Um, moving along, Go gouda, ahead. yep, dill frittata mm-hmm. with brown butter. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? It was delicious. Yep. Um, this this frittata had a ton of butter in it. I will tell you that right now. Yep. Uh, it had seven tablespoons of butter <laughs> and it, it was either seven or eight eggs. Might as well just bake a cake. Yeah. Um, it was delicious, but here we had a fun little thing. Um, our dill in our garden got just died. And so our neighbor, our wonderful neighbor next door lets us come over to his yard and takes, take his dill when we want it. So his was on on the way out too. Wasn't paying attention, grabbed this dill at the very end and it's a dry. It, and so it looks like I threw beard shavings <laughs> on top of this frittata. And I'm like, Oh, we can't probably, do a close up. Probably not the, the result you were going no, for. No, it looked so unappetizing. I was Tasted just like, I delicious. Don't, I don't think I want to take a picture of this. Uh, but it happens sometimes. It's a it's something that most folks probably do not even consider when they're cooking from a book <laughs> and you know, wait, gotta get a shot of it. They're smart and they eat hot food. Uh, we're weirdos. <laughs> but this I mean, there's not a lot to say about it. It's a frittata. Most of us have had a frittata. It's yep. delicious. There's no, oh, and it's made with brown butter. Um, brown butter is where you just heat it up in the pan and the uh, milk solid, get the milk solids in the uh, butter separate out. They separate a little bit. They get uh, nice and brown. And if they get too brown. Got to keep you, a close eye on it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It goes from great to in like half a second. Um, so it brings just, just this really beautiful nutty quality. Yep. One of the unami flavors. Umami. Yeah, see? You're going to keep correcting me this entire episode. Umami. All right. As if I don't sound like a dummy enough. All right. You're perfectly um, smart. <laughs> I know stuff. Uh, next, 
dish that we made was a soba noodle salad, one of our favorites, with a soy red wine reduction. Um, soba noodles always have a spot in our pantry. One of our favorite uh, noodles when we're doing Asian flavors. Um, and then it was just reducing the red wine with a little splash of soy sauce, and it produces this nice, intense, focused flavor. Um, hey, you know what I did? <laughs> oh, he grilled his tofu. Yep. If you follow us and have listened to us previously, you know that I'm kind of a fan of using the cast iron stovetop plancha to get these perfect grill marks on, uh, in particular, tofu. It r- works really well with. So it really I does sit there take and fuss over it and get these. <laughs> F- fussy, that's what it is. Yep. But I mean, I actually really, hey, really appreciate it. We were just it. talking about eating it, with your eyes first. It makes, it makes for a lovely photo. Yes. So. Thank you. And then otherwise, it's just real traditional Asian ingredients, cucumber, bell pepper, scallions, garlic, ginger, red wine, lime juice. It's all there. Um, Healthy, obviously. Yes. And one thing to note, um, as always, I like to drain my tofu before uh, doing anything with it. What I do is I just take the block of tofu, set it on a little sheet tray or a plate, put it on some paper towels, and then... Put something heavy on top of it. We have like obviously. a bacon press that we put on there. Yeah, cast iron bacon press. Works, or sometimes I'll do. Awesome. Sometimes I'll do another sheet pan and mm-hmm. a cast iron. Um, just make sure you have um, some paper towels or a towel on yeah. the top. It's amazing how much liquid gets uh-huh. uh, pressed out of there when you do that, and then how long you let it sit. Um, oh, I usually end up walking away from it. For yeah, an yeah. Hour or two. Yeah. <laughs> So but the, the point being, you can leave it sit for a while while you're prepping other stuff or, or whatever. Just, you know, do it a little bit earlier in the day. But that's a tip from me to you. That's just how I prefer yeah. to. And go with the extra firm tofu, tofu for this dish because <laughs> uh, you do not want silken tofu. And then uh, one thing I wanted to mention, too, with this dish, and this is something that kind of applies to a lot of cooking, is um, the sesame seeds get dry toasted in a pan. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that technique. But anytime you're doing um, spices or seeds or things like pine nuts, um, you really want to take that extra step to just give them a quick dry roast for like a minute or two in a hot pan to just kind of awaken the flavors and just make sure you're constantly giving the pan a good shake so you don't get anything burned. But uh, it really does make a big difference rather than just throwing like raw sesame seeds in there or something. And pretty much right when you start smelling that intense nutty flavor, you can give them a toss and then turn them off. And that's it. I wouldn't recommend leaving them in the pan because they'll They'll carry over cook. So, you know, take them out of that pan into a little small pinch bowl or something. And then you've got your... Uh, aromatic spices and seeds for the dish, which really takes it to the next level. All right. Uh, how about this next dish? You want to talk about that? Yep. The roasted tomato tart with pesto and goat's milk cheese. This was a good one. So right now, I mean, as we record this, we have just ripped up our garden. It's a sad day. Oh, I am so sad. We had quite the bounty of tomatoes this season. We did. And we, what we actually did, because a couple of the books that we have worked out of have done like roasted tomatoes. And I just think it's such a smart way to save your tomatoes. So what I would, what I've been doing is just 
roasting tomatoes with some honey and sumac and garlic and um, and then canning those along with the juice from the roasting. So that's just a little aside. Anyway, getting back to the tart, um, this is another... Great, great way to use those tomatoes. Yeah, when we made this, we were overflowing with tomatoes. So yep. this was a really good way to use them. Um, and we had some pesto in our pantry that we had canned. Yeah, um, we were fortunate with that step, so we didn't have to make pesto from scratch. But, you know, if you do, it's not too difficult. Um, and basically, this was really easy. You just use um, uh, sheet pastry, yep. um, uh, sheet puff pastry. It was kind of leaving my mind, so I had to recall it. Um, pre-made puff puff pastry and roll it out. The most, uh, the longest, the thing that takes the longest time really is like chill, re-chilling it back up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just put. Um, Pesto and goat cheese and your tomatoes. And I know we had some concerns about this being a substantial enough dinner for, uh, you know, just as it's on its own. But, I mean, we had it and we had leftovers, too, and it was fine. We will forewarn you, it's not going to, like reheat the next day as well. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get a little soggy. I mean, it's just the nature of the dish. But I, we still ate it. It was good. It was a good lunch. I wasn't so much concerned that it was going to be enough food. Johnny's yeah. eyes are like... I know. He he never thinks he's going to have enough food. Sure you don't want to cook up some steaks with this too? Maybe like a side of rice? <laughs> Maybe some... Hey, uh, hey, let's throw some bread in there too yep, while we're at some it. Some bread... <laughs> Maybe like a you know some cream corn on the side. He's always like, "Is this going to be enough food?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> it, you were right. It was. Uh, yeah, this is a great dish. So you know, if you're still dealing with a, a bounty of tomatoes from your garden, here's a here's a dish for you. Um, hey, this next one was fun. It was fun. It was really fun because we were super super fussy about it. Yep. Just because of the way we we. Sh- Shot and style. The recipe photos. is not fussy. It's not. We made it fussy. Yeah. Uh, tomato cucumber sandwiches with a roasted tomato mayo. More tomatoes. More tomatoes. No complaints here. Um, so we we were actually able to make our own little version of like a little tea party for two. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put out these little cute uh, tomato cucumber like tea sandwiches, finger sandwiches. Yeah, we we got really precious with it, and we cut off the. Well, we used our homemade bread. Yep. And we cut the crusts off. Yep. Then we had some vegan mayo, and we had some roasted. We had some tomatoes that I'd roasted for canning that didn't fill. Little cherry tomatoes. It, it was one that I couldn't can because yep. there wasn't enough. Um, yeah, so rather than use large sliced tomatoes, we went with the roasted cherry tomatoes that were like, – was that with some garlic as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just kind of kind of piled them on. The, and we did take one liberty with the bread and we toasted it because the recipe does not call for that, but we just it was just a personal preference. You could do them without toasting it and it'd be fine, yeah. but you just like toasted bread. It's a good thing that we did toast it. Otherwise, <laughs> they would have been a pile of mush by the time. They, yes, by the time yeah. we were done when you photos. when you eat later after you take photographs, so you have to take that into consideration. Um, I mean, otherwise, I mean, there's we're not reinventing the wheel with this dish. It was it was pretty simple. You could put some bacon on there. It would render it not vegetarian any longer. Right. But you know, no judgment here. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're 
looking for something quick to throw together for a little little tea party of your own or a little little light lunch, this fits the bill. Especially if you got ripe tomatoes out in the garden. All right. Um, yeah. Ooh, this but, next but one they, is but good. But by the time this airs, there will be no tomatoes. Probably not. not so, at least not so if just you ignore live that. Like in the northern part of the United <laughs> States. But uh, all right. This next one was good. All right, mushroom lardons with black-eyed peas and greens. This was actually my favorite recipe from the book. Well, you know I, why? Black-eyed peas? <laughs> Bacon. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> We're terrible vegetarians. We'll just get that out of the way right now. We did put some bacon in there. Yep. Um, but, man, it was good. I've, I've never eaten black-eyed peas before. Yep. And, but that also proved to be a challenge. Because we were going to buy dried black-eyed peas. And For whatever reason, they are tough to find in our like immediate neighborhood, and we were not about to go on some big quest. Well, for... no, they weren't tough to find. The only ones that the, that were there were the were the was the bag of goya. Oh yeah, and don't get us started on goya. We're not about to buy that, yeah. so we ended up buying some uh, canned ones. If you're interested in pursuing that topic further i'm sure if you do an internet search for like goya boycott you'll it'll tell you everything you need to know you can make your own decision on that and we'll just leave it at that (laughs) but personally we will not buy goya products and so that created a little bit of a dilemma here with trying to find an alternative um and so we just ended up with the canned stuff correct yes yep there Um, you go but this was really Oh man, it was super earthy. It was really satisfying. Did we we ate this with something else, didn't we? I think yeah, I think we might have did like some chicken thighs or maybe some sausages okay. or something. I actually would have been perfectly happy just Oh yeah. To, just to eat a huge bowl of this on its own. Um really love the black eyed peas, the mushrooms, of course. I love mushrooms. They are nice and meaty and everything about this I loved. Well, and this was, uh, there's several recipes in the book that combine more than one ingredient to achieve that umami. And, and so this was one where not only did you have these mushrooms in here, but then there was like that um, Swiss chard that got like gently wilted. And then wasn't there something else that was like contributing to it? Oh, there was like some soy there in there soy too. In there, yeah. yeah. So it's like. There, you'll find that throughout the book where they're combining these different uh, like umami flavors mm-hmm. to really punch it up even further. So this is a good dish. Loved it, My especially favorite. with that bacon. <laughs> Sorry, it would have been but, fantastic without the bacon. It would have, and, I, and we did make mention of that. We we you know bacon brought it to the next level, but it was not suffering from you know with with without it. So. Um, Last dish, uh, falafel spiced grilled mushrooms with a miso tahini dressing. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good. We actually made this twice. Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, the thing about this is we felt like um, there was too much coriander in the spice mix for the falafel spice. Yeah, um, so I mean, overall, we loved this book and everything was spot on. I will say that this particular recipe, I think the ratios are a bit off because because yes, I I, agree. I made an adjustment the second time around and it was much better. But if you follow the recipe in the book to the letter, um, the 
spice mixture to olive oil ratio is is just off and and it happens sometime and maybe someone just had different experiences in their oh, own it kitchen it was like super thick wasn't yes it, it was yeah. like cakey yeah and then that's all you get is this bite of kind of damp spice mixture yeah so it was like kind of a combination of too much spice and not enough olive oil I don't, yeah, I don't remember a lot about the whole preparation of this because I was working on something else while you were. Yeah, I doing think this. I made. Yeah, so, but it was basically if, if you follow the recipe, it's like a tablespoon plus a teaspoon each of cumin and coriander, and then there's only like a quarter cup of olive oil. Right, it just it's just not enough. Um, but you. You'll you'll figure it out. I mean, we did it a second time and adjusted the ratios. Used a little bit. I think we did like a teaspoon of each with that same amount of olive oil, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was it was great. But man, I mean, talk about a flavor bomb. I think this was probably my favorite dish from the from the book. I really loved you know what grilled mushrooms end up tasting like mm-hmm. on the, on the skewers, and especially when you add that miso tahini dressing. I mean, then you're just getting like I really enjoy Several, the dressing. Yeah. It's nice and salty. I love I'm a total salt hound. I love yep. salty food. So this is the one. Super great. Um yeah. So I would say, you know, based on our experience, uh that mushroom lardon and black eyed peed dish peed dish? <laughs> black eyed pea dish. Uh or the falafel spiced mushrooms were that was the way to go. Yes. Mm. Um Guess what time it is? Yeah, it's time to uh, rank this book in four categories. All right, you start it off for us, please. One being easiest or less, and five being most, obviously. Food photography and styling. What'd you have? You go. All right, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, I don't think this book takes itself that seriously, nor should it. Right. Uh, the photos and styling within the book, I think, reflect that. So that it's like these very unfussy presentations. It almost has like a fashion shoot quality to it. Like if if you see these like kind of high end fashion ads, and and by that I mean like there was a lot of things that were plated on these like very brightly colored surfaces, and then there'll be. Things like crumbs or like a splash of something on the surface. So what am I trying to say? Like they're not, they try to look not stylized, but they're very stylized. And it was cool. It was, was, I thought it was a very unique look to the food photography. Thoughts? Okay. I'm not picking up what you're putting down there. I don't agree with the fashion shoot thing but yeah like if you look at you know some of the photos had like some shadows some hard shadows they'll have like a lot of the photos i noticed had like crumbs surrounding the plate or like splashes of stuff there'll be a spoon that was just like plopped down on the side of the surface with like a splash and like if you're doing like high-end food photography your initial reaction might be like, oh, let me clean that up. And okay, they were just so you're saying like you're not talking fashion fashion clothes. You're talking like a more artful food. Like shoot. some well, f- possibly fashion clothes, like something you depending on the photographer or the designer, something you might see in a magazine. It it had like okay, a Okay, I'll I'll take it. 
it had kind of a highbrow, qual- highbrow, lowbrow quality. I think that's there. You go. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Okay. Anyway, what what are your thoughts? Well, I give it a have? three point three point five. Okay. Um, I didn't think there was anything highbrow about it, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm not like. There's no denigration whatsoever. Um, like you said, there's like no. It's not artfully plated. Um, some of the photos are just of like uh ingredients or yeah and that's the thing too is like you will have photos of the finished dishes with some of the recipes but then to give you an example page 46 there is an entire page where it's just like a splash of soy sauce because one of the chapters is devoted to soy sauce recipes and that's one of the umami components but it's like the entire page is just like as if someone spilled soy sauce on a surface and then took a photo of it Okay. And that's where I'm coming with the highbrow, lowbrow thing because, like, at first glance, it just looks like, oh, why did someone take a picture of this puddle of soy sauce? But then it's like, oh, we go around and around like this all the time. But anyway, that's 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 where my fashion sensibility was coming. Maybe that's more what it is. Okay. It's not trying to replicate something. Sure. It's more sensibility. Okay. All right. You're still not buying it. <laughs> Hell to the no. I, I don't know what else I can it's say. Okay. All right. Well, our minds are just thinking on two different yeah. wavelengths. Okay. Design layout. Um, I gave it a four. Uh-huh. Um, like, as we said earlier, the chapters are laid out in different um, umami ingredients. Yep. Um, which is nice because then it's very clear and you can actually try all the different umami ingredients. You can try cooking with all of them and know like, hey, this is what this is going to be like, or, you know. Yep. Um, and then there were like helpful tips sprinkled throughout the book, mm-hmm. like stuff about toasting nuts, or there would be pages with, uh, here's a little riff on on this recipe. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I really liked it. So four, yes. Awesome. Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. I've got some thoughts on this too. Okay. Want to hear them? <laughs> right. I don't know. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Okay. Let me, let me tell you Suck something. Suck it to me. <laughs> I got lots of thoughts about lots of stuff. Of All right. you do. Um, the first thing that struck me was the size of the book. <gasps> yes. Whereas anything about that. Most books that we receive are in the like... 10 and a quarter by eight and a half inch size. This one is smaller. It's eight and a half by six and a half. So it's a little tinier. It's more like uh, probably what you'd find with like a a hardcover novel or something. Um, So that kind of jumps out at you. The cover's very colorful. Mm -hmm. Got a big old sandwich on the cover, I think. Um, Each chapter uses a different color for the recipe titles plus the steps in the recipe. And so, you know, there'd be green, red, blue, and they're all these like kind of very bright colors. And then as you pointed out, there's, there's uh, little keys or, or codes that denote uh, vegan recipes. So they'll have a little V with a circle and then vegan optional. Yes. And then there was a rating system based on the number of umami ingredients. So if it had like three stars by the recipe, that meant, you know, it had maybe, for instance, soy sauce, tomato, and aged cheese in it. 
and maybe some of the other ones might only have like one or two stars. And then, uh, as you mentioned out, there's all these helpful tips throughout the book. Uh, I really appreciated the one. Uh, it was a full page, and it had why bacon makes everything better and what to do when you don't eat it. And then it it had like how you could kind of replicate those same bacon flavors that tend to be kind of like sweet and salty and 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 what you could add to a dish to kind of create that. Um, there was also a recipe index, which you don't see um, as often in books. Sometimes they'll just have like the ingredient index. This had like actual recipes. So like, hey, you looking to make a sandwich? Looking to make a dessert? Looking to make... Th- I don't think there was any dessert recipes in there, but you know... You get what I'm saying. And there was also a pescatarian chapter, kind of a bonus chapter at the end. Yes. Um, so I I really personally liked how this book was designed and laid out. You know what? I'm going to have to Whoa, say. Is I it going to happen? It's again. Is, again. Oh, <laughs> you, I got all Perry Mason on oh, you and you, convinced you. You changed my mind. I'm ah, giving it a five. Sweet. Powers of persuasion. I rest my case. <laughs> You're gonna give it a five. I'm giving it a All five. Right. Woo woo. Raquel will be happy. All right. Um, degree of difficulty. Uh, I gave it a two. Oh, you know what? There is a dessert in there. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. There's a cake. Oh, cool. I think there's soy sauce in the cake. Nice. Yeah. We should but- have made that. That would have been interesting to check out. Because we don't have enough desserts. Right. That's always the struggle. (laughs) Um, No, I gave it a two. Everything is really easy. There's not more than a few steps. Um, Yeah, I don't think there were more than 10 ingredients in most of the recipes. And and many of the... Excuse me. What am I doing? Um, I don't think there were more than 10 ingredients in most recipes. A lot of them only had like five or six. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes it really easy. The language was... Really clear. There was no like super chefy terms. It's, it is definitely not that type of book. Um, I gave it a one. See, I was gonna do that, but I figured you would be like, one is like putting cheese and crackers on a plate. No, I mean, <laughs> that that tea sandwich recipe was the perfect example of like if if you are like a beginner cook. You're, you know your way around the kitchen enough so that you're not going to cut off a finger. You're not going to struggle with any of the things in this book. They're pretty straightforward. Correct? Yeah, but I think the tea sample, the tea sandwich is not a great. Because there's no cooking. Yeah, but I pick pick any of the dishes. <laughs> I mean, most, I mean, even that frittata was like you, or the tart, I mean, you, you'd throw that in the oven, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought as far as, far as cookbooks go... Um, I, to give something a one, I I generally assume that you know a you are interested in cooking at least you're, you're you you maybe you're not as skilled of a cook but you're not like I hate cooking and then like you pick up this book and you're like I still hate cooking <laughs> and so like if you have an interest in cooking and you can kind of feed yourself I think this book falls into that one category like you'd probably be able to work your way through it. And I feel like it was designed for people that maybe want to reduce their meat intake or maybe they're vegetarian and they just wanted like some inspiration for dishes. And this this, this is the perfect book for that kind of uh, scenario. Okay. Yeah. Uh, taste being the last one. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> you see where I'm going? I see where you're All going. Right. Um, what did you give it for taste? I give it a four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, just a few things that we discussed about the dishes where we were trying to like do something a little different, just technique wise, you know, toasting the bread or or whatever. But I mean, nothing. No, and and I guess the the one falafel spiced mushroom being a, something like a little misstep with a recipe but like overall everything tasted great i had no issues i'd gladly make a lot of these things again so i gave it a 4.5 because for what it is everything was really flavorful there's yep. n- i mean I, I don't see how it could happen with this book when you've got all these umami flavors going on but there was nothing that was bland or like left me wanting um i did give it the Point five because of the you and your point five because of the falafel thing, but yeah, um, yeah. Huh. So I enjoyed this. Book. I think we're in agreement. Um, there you go. Uh, so um, if you enjoyed the episode, uh, go ahead, rate and review it, please. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as Instagram. Uh, we cook we underscore cook underscore books. And Facebook at We Cook Books. Production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. All right. Sock it to me. It's that time. We'll leave you with a joke. Uh, so when I was younger, we were so poor, we had to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and lick other people's fingers. <laughs> that is so disgusting. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Wear a mask. Have a great week. Vote.